0: Yeah! What's cracking? How are we on this beautiful Saturday morning? 1230. I've actually been up since about 7. I've been thinking nonstop about this stream. So I got a lot of takes to get off my chest. got a lot of hair to get off my chest, too. I'm going to hit that afterwards, though. Prioritize one chest at a time, one titty at a time. Rookie drafts are here, man. Rookie drafts are here. And there's a lot of tough decisions to make when you're on the clock. This guy or that guy, something that will haunt you for generations. The Clyde Edwards Hilaire versus Jonathan Taylor arguments, the Jalen Rager versus Justin Jefferson arguments. These are Important These are extremely important decisions to make At this time Because they set your dynasty team up For the future Forever So we're going to debate Some of the most highly Polarizing arguments In the world Today Christian Watson versus Sky Moore What are we doing with that second tier Of running backs After Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, you know, is it James Cook? Cause of draft capital is it Damian Pierce. Cause he's better than James Cook. Is it Rashad White or Isaiah Spiller? We're here to do all that. So I'm going to, I'm a, I'm a rip for, for the next 10 or so minutes on my thoughts on those conundrums. And then we're going to hit the chat to get some Q and assault going, where y'all assault me with as many questions as possible. Going forward on my Saturday live streams, this will only be available to Big Dog members and those in the Discord. However, I have posted a Discord link to the BDGE Discord, which right now has about 500 members. They're all paying members. They get access to other things, you know, being a member. They get access to more exclusivity to me and our rankings and all that kind of shit. But we are going to be opening The discord up for one week So the link that's pinned to the top of the chat As well as the link in the description I have set To expire in seven days So if you're one of the lucky folks That sees this video Within the next week And wants to hop in our discord Y'all can do so Make sure you are participating You're engaged And you drink margaritas Because we got a margs only section where you better be fucking posting pictures of the Mars that you're drinking. And giving a rating and a location. So I, need, I can't be holding the team on my fucking bike at this point. I'm trying to I'm trying to rid alcohol of my life. But I can't do that until the Discord pumps up. And starts posting in there. God damn. Okay. So let's talk some rookie stuff. First one that pops to mind. I think the one that. I've heard the most debate about is Christian Watson versus Sky Moore. Now, a lot of these debates are just going to be settled by my rankings, right? My rankings talk, my actions speak louder than words. And that's what my rankings are. They are my actions put into words. Sky Moore is above Christian Watson for me. Two very, two very different players in semi. Similar situations, right? The two probably premier landing spots as it pertains to the wide receivers in this rookie class. Both of them get second-round draft capital. Sky Moore lands with Kansas City. Christian Watson lands with Green Bay. Sky Moore's got more competition there. They just signed Juju Smith-Schuster. Listen, they signed MVS, but like that being a talking point against Sky Moore is – really pisses me off i'm not gonna yell but if i if i were gonna raise my the volume of my voice today it would be about that mvs i was uh who was i yelling at at, on twitter about i think it was hayden hayden winks underdog said uh mvs shaving up to be one of the best value picks in best ball this year mvs somehow gets away with honestly criminal he gets away with it every year he is the the best value pick in best ball drafts every year that consistently delivers zero fucking value. MVS is basically Kansas City's attempt to redo the career of Nicole Hardman, attempting to redo the career of DeMarcus Robinson. That's what MVS is probably going to be in this offense, man. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So realistically, Sky Moore is competing against Juju Smith Schuster. So Sky Moore is a younger. I don't know if I'd say more explosive, but he's a better route runner, right? I think up this at this point in their respective careers, we know that Juju is a guy who wins against the zone. He is not good against press. He is not good against man coverage. That's just not what he does. He has a lot of good attributes, right? Like the yak, he's a yak god. He has been proven to be so uh, at points in his career. He's good with the ball in his hands. He's a smart player. He's a tough player fucking contact balance, all those things that people like to say. He's just not a real alpha wide receiver one. Whereas Sky Moore is a tactician on the outside. He can separate in the slot. He can separate out wide. He can separate against Mick uh, against man press coverage. You know, Sky Moore is a better all-around receiver than Juju is. Does that mean he's going to post a 1,400-yard year like Juju did? I don't know, but he's certainly in the offense to do so. I think Sky Moore becomes the second favorite target of Kelsey, I mean uh, to Kelsey, by Mahomes, by the end of this year for sure. Sky Moore is one of those guys that a lot of people don't really know about because he was a small school wide receiver. He's a smaller wide receiver. So you equate that type of player with a floor. And you say, oh, he's a safe pick, but I want upside in Christian Watson. Sky Moore is an example of a player that you want to draft on your dynasty team because he is not just a he's a safe he is a safe player. He's a floor player, he's a safe player, but he also has upside. Okay? He's not tiny. 5'10", 191. It's small, but it's not tiny. You can have plenty of upside built that way at 21 years old. Runs a 441, very good route runner. Dominated at the college level. He has So many fucking green flags in his profile and the landing spot and draft capital were just too added on to it. He's a safe floor play with upside, which is what makes me want to take him over Watson. Now Watson goes off the board early second round. That's that like time in the NFL draft we've seen over the last few years where it's just fucking hit rate on top of hit rate on top of hit rate being in like the 85th percentile for wide receivers. That's like the T Higgins and the Michael Pittman's and like the guys that have hit at such a high level being second-round draft picks, got taken where Christian Watson went. Christian Watson, on the other hand, has a lot of developing to do as a route runner. He's a fun, exciting, explosive player. And his athletics and what he did at the Senior Bowl really got like the hype ramped up to the point where now he's penciled in as you know the wide receiver two there. They got Alan Lazard still there. Uh, last year's pick of Amari Rogers who is just like just not a good player um, so I don't think he really makes an impact but Watson goes to a spot where like it's hard to argue just how good he could be in season long this year just in terms of opportunity my question like we're talking about dynasty here like the what you are as a player tends to play itself out over the long run you could have a great first year second year but you eventually get exposed I've I, I talk about this all the time it's like we are trying to analyze two different things when it comes to a fantasy player. We're trying to analyze opportunity and efficiency. Those are two, the two big pieces of the equation. If we know what opportunity is, that's a big part of it. That is almost more, that, that tells me like I want to hedge more towards season long and redraft if we know what opportunity is. Efficiency is where you play the long-term game. When it comes to Watson, his profile is fucking scary. He is old. Yes, he's wildly athletic. I understand his offense was a very run-heavy offense. He's not a great route runner. He's not a great separator. He's got the tools to become like an unbelievable playmaker, and explosive guy at the next level, but he's not refined as a player. He's not refined because he went against the competition that he did at North Dakota State. The problem with Watson not being that refined is the fact that he's also old. So players who come into the league old and not refined, like typically, right? A lot of dynasty players don't like to draft guys who come out after their senior year, the older ish players, right? Like the problem is that most of those guys like get talked up as route runners. They got the old breakout age. They're older players coming into the league, and people are like, I don't care that they were great route runners because they're old, but. When you're older, you get to refine those skills in college and you're playing against lesser competition. So you have a guy coming out that's not refined and he's old. That's not a good combination right now because you need him to develop. And like you don't want Aaron Rodgers asking for a player to develop, especially not a rookie. So as much hype as we might think Watson should have for his rookie year, like even on. um, Let me throw this up. Let me throw this up right quick. When you look at the lines on Prize Picks right now, they have for rookie wide receivers, they got Drake London at 7.75 for the over/under, Wilson at 7.25, Traylon Burks 8.50, Chris Olave 7.25, Christian Watson is tied for the lowest among the rookie wide receivers that they have offered with 6.50, Jahan Dotson 6.50, George Pickens 6.50. Those two are an obvious like split situations where Jahan Dotson is competing with Terry McLaurin. Logan Thomas, he's on a shit offense. George Pickens goes into a situation where we don't know what the quarterback situation is. Is it Mitch? Is it Kenny Pickett? There's Chase Claypool there. There's Deontay Johnson there. Najee Harris had 90 fucking targets last year. Pat Fryamuth, Like, those are clearly... We we, we can clearly see why their receiving yardage number is lower at 650. With Watson, you start to add up the numbers and you're saying to yourself, like, why is it so low? He should get 100 fucking targets. Like, this should speak some sort of volume to you about the hesitancy of a guy like Watson. I think his bust potential is so, so high compared to Sky Moore and Sky Moore's ceiling is going to be underplayed. But I think we see the Juju Smith Schuster contract. It's not a lot of money. It's definitely not for a long time. MVS again, not an arguing point. Travis Kelsey on the latter part of his career. Sky Moore can be the one in this offense as soon as next year. It really, really can happen. And you're going to kick yourself for fucking giving that away for a guy that we're hoping to be a better project in the NFL than he was in college. Sky Moore at 800, second highest total for this year immediately above London, above Wilson, above Olave. I'm saying it's Sky Moore over Watson for me. And I am not hesitating or thinking twice on it. Okay. In terms of the wide receiver one, I don't really think you can go wrong between London and Garrett Wilson. Some of y'all like Traylon Burks, and I get it too. The the redraft type hype behind him is going to be really high. I don't know how long Tannehill's going to be there for. He's definitely obviously there through this year. At the end of next year, they can get rid of him for no real dead cap. They could pay him $25 mil and say, like, hey, you know, you're worth the average, above average quarterback and we can keep you, but we have the option not to. So if Tannehill has another uh, poor year, they can easily move on from him. I don't know if you want to. Most teams don't just like move on from an above average quarterback for the sake of fucking doing so because fantasy Twitter wants them to. So that's, eh, I wouldn't say that's realistic, honestly. But Burks is another player that I have uh, my hesitancy towards after doing a little bit more research, um, especially thanks to like Matt Harmon's reception perception, which he breaks down like success rate against man and press. And Traylon Burks was not good in that. He's he's an unrefined route runner as well right now. He does a lot of amazing fucking things. Like when you watch him, I don't see, you know, you've heard the comps of like Nikhil Harry. When you watch Traylon Burks' tape, he does things that are like, okay, only like real fucking NFL athlete alphas can do stuff like that. So I'm definitely siding on the fact that I think he's more, of a hit than he will be a a bust. But I think you got to acknowledge the fact that out of Drake London, out of Garrett Wilson, he's probably the most likely to bust. Maybe he has a little bit of a higher ceiling than Drake London or Wilson, which I don't really know if that's even a strong argument you could make. Uh, But for me, that's what puts him at the three. Okay. I will take Drake London because I'm a biased ass Falcons fan. And I want to root for somebody good on my team. And that's not really why I think Drake, I, I love Drake London. Size, athleticism, uh, also like a very good route runner all over the field. You know, my comp for him is Brandon Marshall, can separate on the routes very, very quickly. He's not just a downfield contested catch playmaker, um, but that will be a big part of his game. So I like Drake London in Atlanta. Uh, Garrett Wilson, it's hard not to like him as well. So they're like my one two there, wide receiver one two. I honestly can't really make a good argument for one or the other. I really, really can't. Um, which is fucking stupid that you're watching my content for me to make that argument. But I'll, I'll go Drake London as my one, Wilson as my two, Burks as my three, because again, similar to the Watson versus Moore argument, likelihood of busting is what I'm not looking to target in the first round of my rookie drafts. Just like the London pick was for the Atlanta Falcons, when you're building a team for the long haul, you want to stack good players, right? That's how you eventually build a good team, by stacking good players. You don't always need to hit on the number one players every time that leaves you holding the bag more often than not. So, I like London, I like more over Watson in terms of the running backs. Again, we got James Cook, who's got the draft capital, he's got a good landing spot, it's not a great landing spot, and then we've got Damian Pierce, who's better than James Cook. I'm very confident in saying that. This take might might make me look like a fucking asshole in a year, but I'm doing it. Fuck it. I'm taking Pierce over Cook. Everything about Pierce feels right to me on a per touch basis he is just so good and we have just never seen james cook operate at anything more than like an eight touch back i think for people i get it i get it georgia used a committee but for you to go out of your way to say that like it's not a positive that he was never a workhorse okay so stop trying to do that stop trying to fucking force your way into this ridiculous argument it's not a positive that he was never a workhorse Just because they use a committee doesn't mean he's capable of being a workhorse. It's like when when players don't produce on the field at the college level. And then you're trying to say, this is such a bad argument because it's exactly the argument I have for Damian Pierce. So maybe I have to rethink this. But, but, in terms of touch count, how do you project a guy going into a committee that's a pass-catching specialist that doesn't have the size to be a workhorse to get workhorse touches. It, do, it just doesn't add up for me. Can James Cook have years where he goes for 60 or 70 catches in a high-tempo, high-scoring offense? Of course. He could have those Chris Thompson-type years. Consistently? Maybe. I think more often than not, when you're trying to invest into pass-catching running backs, you're playing whack-a-mole with yourself. You're playing whack-a-mole at hyper speed. The podcast is turned up to 2X, and you're trying to catch exactly when he pops his head out. Every year, we try to buy ourselves into these receiving backs based off of last year's target and reception totals. It never works. So for Dynasty, you might catch Cook on the good year because you own him for the five years, whatever, that he's in the league. I would rather go for the guy who's built to be a workhorse, who's in a backfield with no competition. Sure, Marlon Mack is there, got the Achilles tear. I haven't seen a single person that doesn't think Damian Pierce could take that job in the summer. I'm all in on Pierce. It's risky. It, uh, you, anytime you draft a fourth-round running back, is risky. There's no fucking guarantee that the guy hits, the guy even gets playing time. There's not even a full-on 100% guarantee he makes the roster. That would be a really bad look for the program. I like Pierce over Cook because I think Pierce's upside is that of a three-down back. Will he have to earn the role? Of course. All these rookies are going to have to earn the role. Cook will probably walk into a pass-catching role immediately. And that's cute. That's fine. But what is his running Volume going to be. I'm not even talking like you. You we can, we can make the case for like, oh, this is a high scoring, high up tempo offense. Whatever they want to pass the ball and pass the ball and pass the ball. But running back scoring, rushing touchdowns matters a lot because they do it in chunks. Like Austin Eckler can catch 100 balls last year. He scored 12 rushing touchdowns. That's what makes him the RB two or three overall as a pair, uh, as opposed to a back end RB one. You know what I'm saying? So James Cook is not only competing with two bigger backs that are probably going to get the rushing volume there, but also Josh Allen on the goal line. How many how many goal line carries is James Cook going to have over the next four years on his rookie contract? It might be four. He might average one a year. Maybe he gets two a year. I have such a hard time believing that he has a high enough ceiling to warrant a first-round rookie pick on this guy. So if I'm faced with the situation of Pierce over James Cook, it's Pierce for me. Pierce is a guy with the three-down size, a three-down skill set. Again, I, I understand the volume wasn't there for him, but if you look at what he did on a per-touch basis, running grade, pass-route running grade, yards-per-route run, literally elusiveness, missed tackles forced, he was number two behind only B. John Robinson. If you let this guy rip, he will be a much better NFL player than he was a college player. I just don't feel confident in saying the same thing for James Cook. James Cook was a good college player. He could be a good NFL player, but these are not the type of fantasy players I tend to invest into. And I've made this point many times. Like, listen, the 200-pound running back is not a mold I like to invest in. Austin Eckler was literally the only running back sub 200 pounds that finish as a top 24 fantasy running back last year and maybe it's an outlier of a year maybe the year before two or three finish as a top 24 fantasy running back but the bets on the bigger backs tend to work out at a much higher rate than these smaller backs I know 199 is a 200 guys if I move the threshold up to like 200 or 201 or 202 or 203 or 204 and James Cook Gain five pounds, I bet you the hit rate wouldn't be that much higher. It's the overall theme of these undersized backs getting pigeonholed at the NFL level. The volatility is just so strong on a week-to-week and a year-to-year basis that they're not the guys I want to take shots on. Okay. There we have it. Damian Pierce over James Cook. I think another interesting argument to be made. I've seen uh, Rashad White over those two guys as well, which... Rashad White had better draft capital than Damian Pierce and a more well-rounded three-down skill set than James Cook. But White would be the three for me here. Loved him throughout the pre-draft process. Don't love the landing spot. Again, you know, I- I've talked about this. a fucking nauseam. Tampa Bay seems like a great landing spot on paper. They just re-signed Lenny. Three years, $21 million. No fucking reason he's not the three-down workhorse right out of the gate this year for the entire year. He was so good last year. No reason to change that up. Rashad White could have a change of pace role, could have the Geo role from last year, which if you look at the numbers was not, you know, as soon as Leonard Fournette took over as a workhorse, you know, Gio was getting five to six touches a game. Again, the problem with a guy like Rashad White is uh, people are getting ahead of themselves with what Rashad White is. Like, he's not David Johnson, okay? When you watch him play, he's not, he has great highlights, but he's not a, an amazing, well-rounded runner, He's another guy, almost like Watson, where he's going to have to develop a little bit. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the speed. He's got a lot of great raw parts. To me, Rashad White is a sum-of-his-parts player, but not a well-rounded running back at this point. And again, the problem with him, like Watson, is that he's old already. He's coming in as one of the older backs in his class, 23 years old already. So this this first year might be sort of like a, a redshirt year with Leonard Fournette there. And maybe Leonard Fournette hangs around for another year after that. How long does Tom Brady hang around for? If Brady's not there, this offense is not the Tampa Bay Bucks that we're actually getting excited that Rashad White landed on. So that's my argument against White. If he drops to like the 207 or 208, yeah, I'm grabbing him. But I'm not making the argument for Rashad White at the 112 or the 201 over a guy like Damian Pierce, who's going to have much more opportunity more quickly, be it on a worse offense. I... It's hard for me to make that case. Uh, Isaiah Spiller or Rashad White. This becomes interesting too, man. As, as off as I was on Isaiah Spiller pre draft, love the landing spot, man. Love the landing spot because they've been looking for a dude like this for a while now. And he's just like a better version of the Josh Kellys, the Larry Roundtree's. That, I can't believe these dudes are picked, those guys. What fucking NFL front office is looking at these guys and being like, "These are the ones we need. These are the ones that are make our backfield complete." Complete fucking shit. Maybe Isaiah Spiller, much more well rounded than those guys. He's not a great runner. Like he's not going to make a lot of things happen for himself. He's probably a little bit more elusive than I'm getting him credit for. But this Chargers offensive line has been amazing, at least the last year. Right, the the upgrade that they've that, that they've put into it has been really eye-opening and you could see it by any of the ranks any of the measures any of the stats they are one of the top run blocking lines in the lead now in the league now because of the upgrades that they made and invested into it well done LA so I, so Spiller finds himself in an offense the top five scoring offense where he's probably going to get a lot of goal line work man I think he gets a, a, a decent amount of volume and a pretty good amount of goal line work immediately so I don't think his ceiling is there necessarily. But he's probably a little bit less risky than Rashad White. Um, I'd split the difference in rookie drafts if I had two mid-round picks on those guys. Let me know in the comment section, whether you're watching this afterwards down below or you're in the live stream right now. If you have to choose between White and Spiller, who are you taking? I'm assuming most people are going to side with Rashad White because admittedly he probably has more ceiling there. Um. I I I might even lean towards white as well but I like the I think Spiller makes an impact immediately. I think he's a guy who can actually be like a flex play for you as, as soon as his rookie year. So, kind of excited for Spiller man after falling asleep for the last 3 months on the guy. Uh, what else? What else? I think that was really all I wanted to rip on in terms of like tough draft day decisions. So, if you're enjoying the video thus far, hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Uh, If you want to be in the Q and assaults going forward, which is going to be locked off after six days, our discord, the BDG discord is open. That link expires in six days. It's pinned at the top of the live chat right now. It's also pinned first link in the description. If you watch this video on what time is it? What day is it? What fucking year is it? May 7th. So by if you watch this on or after May 14th, the link will be expired and you can basically consider your life expired. Let's get to the Q and assault. How we dern? How are we doing? What's going on in the chat? We've got some questions. Yeah, that's, that's another good point on why he's a subpar pass blocker. That's not good with Brady. Um, yeah, again, like Rashad White seems unrefined to me and guys like Brady, same argument with Christian Watson with Rogers. Those are not quarterbacks that like to be on the field with guys who are unrefined. They don't, they don't want to go through the learning curve. They want you to learn that shit in practice. And then a year down the road, when you're ready to participate in this offense, this same the fucking playpen. pen, we're not on McDonald's. Then you can contribute. Okay. This is the big boy time. And I'm not sure we have that with Rashad White yet. You're, you're playing, you're playing a spectrum game. Maybe he does have that, but I think he's more likely not to have that. And that all that weighs into rankings and draft spot and all that. Third round dart throws you like. Uh let me pull up sleeper right now and see. Actually, we'll pull up the our draft guide and see where the ADPs are right now. Or by ADP. So right now, according to Sleeper's ADP, starting the third round. Um My favorite picks would be I I don't hate Algier at the 301 going to Atlanta wide open depth chart with Mike Davis uh, cut. Uh, I've been so anti Tyrion Davis price that I'm starting to think that I'm going to look like an asshole in a year, even though I'm not a fan of his play backed up by numbers. You know, I watched the play and I was like, tough guy, big B, strong. Um, And he's got some speed to him if he hits the open field. But his elusiveness, both PFF and Sports Info Solution was literally like bottom 10 in the entire country. Not an elusive player. Not a good pass catcher, just it, it just ain't there for him. Um, unless he's you know just pigeonholed into a two down thumper roll, so I'm not really on him. Uh, Zamir White at the 305 is a sexy pick in Las Vegas. I like some of the tight ends down here, too. Jelani Woods is cool. Uh, Keontae Ingram in Arizona is another guy I like behind James Connor. Hassan Haskins. I'm like, for whatever reason, talking myself into him right now. I hated his film, but like, Henry, they could they could get rid if, if they go into full, if they end up getting rid of Tannehill, they're going into rebuild mode, and that would probably mean they're trying to shed Derrick Henry's contract as well, which means that backfield could be Haskins's. So Haskins is a guy late third, early fourth that I'm okay taking a, a flyer on and putting him on your taxi squad for a year and seeing if he takes over that backfield in a year or two. Uh, Taquan Thornton, I feel like is actually going to be way better than most people anticipate because they don't know. They didn't know who he was when the Patriots took him in the second round. Taekwon Thornton, I, I feel like could be a DJ Chark kind of guy, to be honest with you. So I, I like Taekwon He's at 312. Really like Ty Chandler's tape when I watched him at UNC, uh, Minnesota Vikings guy. Outside of that, I don't really like a lot of the wide receivers down here. Um, I like tight ends more, Danny Bellinger, Jeremy Ruckert, uh, a little bit more than I like the wide receivers and the running backs down here. Who would you rather keep in the 12th round at a half PPR league, Akers or ETN? I. This is a little bit too tough to answer right now. I feel like, I mean, as a keeper league, I'm assuming you won't have to make that decision for another like four months. I think right now it makes a little bit more sense to go with Akers. I think he's pretty clearly the lead back and the workhorse there. I think there's a lot of unsolved mystery in both of these backfields that will play themselves out over training camp. So tough to say if I had to choose one, gun to head, shotgun to the back of the throat, and you're threatening to tickle the trigger, I'm going with Akers. Tony, appreciate everything you do, Nick. Sorry for yelling you at Twitter the other day. What did you do? I don't remember. I just get yelled at nonstop. So, like, when you yell at me, it just bounces off my brain. As a Falcons fan, would you rather Ritter start over Mariota? Uh... I guess, right? Like, I guess that's the right answer. I'm just assuming this is a wash of a year. I assume Ritter does get on the field and get some starts. So I guess I'd rather figure out what we have in him earlier than later. But I also don't want the fucking Falcons front office, who's just permanently on antidepressants and drugs and shit, to see Ritter start for four games and him like be okay, and then be like, we don't need a quarterback anymore. Let's let him play another year, and and then we pass up on the strong ass class that is next year's quarterback class. Do you know, trade the one hundred and nine for Deontay Johnson on a very competitive team, win or loss. Um, I would take Deontay Johnson. Because the 108 is a tier break for me. If you can wait, if you could wait till you're on the clock, this is why I hate answering questions about draft picks because I don't personally trade draft picks and startup drafts or typically rookie drafts until I'm either on the clock or the draft has started. And there's a guy that I really want that is still available. Then I trade up or I move off because I can't, you know, the, the, the top eight is a tier for me in Brees Hall, London, Wilson, Pickett, Superflex, of course. Uh Burks, Walker, Olave, Jamison, and then the nine begins. Sky Moore, I, I like him, right? I like him more than Watson. He's not in that tier above those other guys for me, even though he's a very, very close guy for me. I still take Deontay there at the 109. Koenig, I'm, 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 I'm all in on Fade the fetal. I've dropped out of most of my dynasty leagues. I'm in like, I think I'm in two, maybe three dynasty leagues right now. And Fade the Feetal is one of them. So you're getting my full focus, attention. And I went right into productive struggle on that team. And now the team is looking spicy. It's looking juicy. It's looking crispy like some fucking chicken tenders. I'm excited for that draft. I'm excited for that league. tell you that. Trade Kelsey for the one twelve and thirty three overall. Uh, what is thirty three overall? Is that like the three seven or something? Uh, I would keep Kelsey there, Matt. It is hard to watch tape on all prospects. Yeah, fucking tell me about it, dude. I'm like ripping through running back prospects. I'm like at number seventeen, and I'm like, I know this class. And then there's like forty more guys I want to look. Noah just did a running back ranking video of thirty nine dudes. I didn't even – there's barely 39 college running backs eligible to be in the NFL this year. Noah's on some real psycho shit. Yeah, dude, that's what I've been doing for the last, like, two months is literally just watching film, looking at numbers, all that shit. Do you think Dominator is a good metric to use? Not really, no, to be honest. Um, What i like to try to figure out – I think there's a combination of things. I think there is film – You get your take on it, and then you try to match it with athleticism and production. We see a lot, I'm starting to, the more I do this, the more like molds of players that I see. A lot of the times we see guys like Brian Robinson, guys like a Jerome Ford, guys like et cetera, where you watch the film and I say, like, okay, this guy had big holes. He had a lot of breakaway runs, probably fast. He had big holes though, doesn't look overly elusive. And we see a lot of those molds where the guys 220 pounds, 215 pounds. Runs a four, five, four, four, five, 40 yard dash. So you say, okay, he's big, he's fast. That's a really good foundation of a rookie running back to project for upside. Where are the flaws? I like to look at their offensive line ranking and then I like to look at their elusiveness, whether that's on player profile or on PFF, which is a paid behind a paywall to see those numbers, which is on Sports Info Solution to see if they're actually creating for themselves. If they are big, fast, and create for themselves, you've got my attention. If they are big and fast and they're running behind an Alabama offensive line and they don't create for themselves, a guy like Brian Robinson, that tells me immediately they need to be in a good offense with a good offensive line with a lot of scoring opportunities in order to be good at the next level. I don't tend to buy into players like that because, again, longevity, we look at efficiency. There's a lot of different players like that with that same mold. So you start to like piece these things together and you tell the story of the guy. You tell the story of the player as he is as an athlete, as well as the situation he had in college. And it starts to translate to the NFL based on their landing situation and the amount of opportunity they're going to have based on their draft capital. I hope that was helpful. But like you start to pair together like what you saw in film and you confirm it or deny it or you switch up based on the numbers that it says beforehand. So there's definitely not one, like a lot of these guys too, like, It makes a lot of sense. They have really fast 40 times, then their burst score is poor, right? All they can do is run really fast through a big hole. So I would start to combine the athletics. I like the athletics and the size as as a good first indicator. And then we go like elusiveness and how good they are at creating on their own. Sorry, I got a big-ass fucking loogie about to come out. Uh, We're going to play through it, though. Who you got winning the World Cup? I don't know, but this is E-Town Get Down's World Cup year. For our big, our big league that a lot of you guys have probably followed through Fade the Public, we enacted a rule four years ago where we would make it a World Cup league. Every four years, we have the World Cup. So each of the three years prior, we have been putting away 10% of the pot, and that's going to go on to the full 100% pot in this year's World Cup. It's going to be late. How high of a 2022 pick are you willing to give up for a random 2023 first-rounder? Uh, I want to say at that tier of 108, but I probably would give up the 107 or 108. Because here, I, I, Okay, so this class, the 2022 class, is not good. The depth is terrible. The guys behind the first tier of guys are like such a terrible consolation prize. But the top of this class is way better than people are giving it credit for. I've done a few Dynasty startup mocks within the last week or so. London, Wilson, Burks, Brees, Kenneth, those guys go fucking early in Dynasty startup drafts. They are good fucking pieces in a Dynasty team. Don't let the like the, the noise of the entire class affect the blue-chip prospects in this class. This is a good blue-chip prospect class. The, the fall-off after those guys is really hard, really heavy, really steep. All right? So I want blue-chip prospects in this class. Okay? I want those first six picks. It, I, I would say, depending on how you feel about Olave and Williams, like if you think Williams could be elite, and you put him at the back of that tier, like number seven, then maybe you you say, OK, 108 and later I can part with. If you think Olave's elite, same situation, but not Jameson, et cetera, et cetera. I would look at it in terms of those first six. And maybe since it's super flex and Kenny Pickett's like the 20th pick overall, you don't think he's in that bunch. I think it's worth the gamble putting him in there. But if you don't think he's worth that bunch. Because next year's quarterback class, we're going to see three or four go off in the top five, eight picks. Those guys obviously have a lot more uh, draft capital than than a guy like Pickett. But that's the way I would look at it. I would say, like, how many of those top-tier guys, blue-chip prospects, do you think are blue-chip prospects? And then work backwards from that. (whistles) Famous Jay. Thank you. Honestly, we needed a little comedic break. Ja, 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 ja. I was second place last season. Should I trade C-Mac or keep him as a luxury? Uh, well, listen, sir, you, you didn't win the fucking league, so you don't have luxury there at your side. Had C-Mac played, you probably would have got first place. So you hold on to C-Mac, and you went. Believe it or not, having good fantasy players on your team is good for your odds of winning a championship, Dutchie. Dutch, you were holding on to C-Mac, and we're... Giving our teammates the motherfucking smoke. League mates, sorry. Total yards for Damian Pierce over under ten fifty. That's that's lofty. I would I would go with the under. I would go with the under. Um I would go with the under. He'll probably I I, I say like eight fifty is way more realistic. It might take him a little while to win the job. It might be a committee for the first six weeks of the season, but I think what we'll see from Pierce is like the last eight weeks, the last half of the season, we'll see multiple games of like a hundred plus yards from scrimmage, which will get the hype for the next season and skyrocket his value to where it, you know, eventually we think it will be. I think that's real. I don't, I don't expect like a fantasy fucking huge impact year one for Pierce, but I expect him to have enough games compiled over the second half of the year for his dynasty value to go nutty in 2023. Oh, we got hella questions in this beach. How are we? I won last year. Should I sell C-Mac? Man, same question. Why not just fucking run a bike and win again? You won last year without C-Mac. Imagine how fucking good your team is going to be with him. Thoughts on Bell? Seems like Jarvis Landry comp. Yeah, I I I think the comp is beautiful. I think the landing spot is beautiful. I think despite me thinking he's an average kind of player, maybe a little bit above average, I really like Bell. I'll if I have early second round picks, I'm I'm happy to use it on him. Was able to get Wilson, Brees and Burks. That's that's a beautiful little handful you got there. Love to see that for you. I traded C-Mac for the 102 and a future first and Brady. I'm okay with the Hall. I'm not mad at that. That's okay. I move, move some of the picks, huh? 10-team, full PPR, one quarterback. Trying to send Edmonds plus 203, 204 to get Kamara. Thoughts would give me C-Mac, Kamara Hall, 101. Jacob's at running back. Yeah, I'm definitely fine getting rid of Edmonds right now. Um, I I feel like we kind of know what his dynasty value is. I don't see him really playing a workhorse role, and the two hundred three, two hundred four are not very like intriguing picks this year. They're intriguing in the fact that we're going to have to hype up every rookie class, but like realistically, relative to other rookie classes, this is not a strong draft. Like, oh, cool, I can get Isaiah Spiller, a fourth round running back, uh, you know, at the two hundred three, but like. Guys, two years ago, we were getting T. Higgins at the 203. First, second, early second, first round wide receivers. Brandon Ayuk, guys like that. You know, Kadarius Tony's like relatively the sec- early seconds, mid seconds are just absolute fucking crack rocks to uh, the other one. So I'm fine with that move. discord numbers on the move yeah listen i wanted to spice up the discord a little bit i know like uh my head's been in this rookie shit so i haven't really been dipping in much so i again wanted to open it up to anybody out there for the next seven days so hopefully you know you're 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 loyal to bdge you're uh gonna hop in there and contribute to the conversation not just post fucking questions and sheesh but discord the bdg discord will be open for the next six days and then the link will be dead i will dead that sheesh it's in the description. It's in the chat. Robinson running back for the commanders is great. value. I just don't see it. I just don't see a world where he, like, has any fantasy value with Gibson and McKissick there. Love the BDG crew. Y'all doing a great job. Appreciate the content you guys putting out daily for us. The Jens, of course, man. We're out here just living. Living and Dying. Do you expect Michael Carter to have any value next season with Brees joining the Jets? I can keep him for a 14th rounder. I can keep Lamar for a sixth, but I don't want to keep a quarterback in a regular PPR. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 ugly. Both of those keeper options are, are probably ugly for you. You can also get a – I'm sure you can get a good quarterback in the sixth round of a one-quarterback league. Um, Carter's just not a guy I have real interest in keeping. I guess if you want for a 14th rounder, that's fine. Um, he'll have value in the same sense that, like, if you time it right, a pass-catching running back can have value. Like, he can go off and be Naeem Hines where he catches 60 passes in a season, but, like, if he doesn't have a lucky year where he scores seven to eight touchdowns, it's tough to really – like, you'll never be able to figure out when to put him into lineups. Like, that's the problem with Carter. So, I'm probably moving off both of those guys, to be honest. Huge L for you. What NFL jersey are you trying to get your paws on this season? I'll fucking rip a Drake London jersey. I'll get a Deshaun Watson Atlanta Falcons jersey, too. You keep playing with me. Where do we get the hat at? So I just filmed a video for Tuesday. Honestly, one of my best videos. As you can see, I'm in fucking I'm I'm in a good I'm in a good mindset right now. The video I filmed for Tuesday, it's five more must-keep players on your dynasty team. One of the best pieces of content I feel like I've made in a while. I was on my game, but in the middle of it, I went into a, like a ten-minute business talk about merch and apparel. Um, so we've got some cool news on the way when it comes to merch. And we're finally going to be producing our shit in-house, and the quality is going to be fantastic. Nothing is for sale yet. Um, But within the coming month, two months, three months, we will have some fucking awesome clothes for you guys. That will be handmade by us, so it ain't none of that drop shipping shit where the quality is subpar. We get to put our fingers on everything. It's going to be fucking cool as hell. Tell us where to go to purchase the BDG draft. i has been a fan and purchased them this past few years. Seems like the website is still 20. 20- yeah. So the, that website, bdg.store is like previous years. That's not going to be what we're using going forward. We've been working really fucking hard to try to get the initial plan of the, the website out, which hopefully can go live by tonight, if not tomorrow morning. Um, but I can't really give you the link yet because it's not ready for purchase. Um, but if you sign up on prize picks right now, which you could scan up there, if you're watching on your laptop or, Uh, TV, or just go to prizepicks.com and you deposit with the promo code BDGE on prizepicks with $10 or more, they're going to double your deposit, first of all, but you're also going to get access to our rookie draft guide for free on top of that deposit. So that would be the best way to go about doing it. It'll be more expensive on the site when it goes live, but rest assured we're rebuilding out from the foundation. We got an actual in-house dev building out the rookie draft guide, which will house our, all our membership stuff, which will house our merch, which will house our season long guide. Um, as well as like, we're building a lot of cool databases for you guys to be able to use, not just like a purchase website place. Um, but that will, those things will continue to roll out as the months kind of fly by here at BDG and during the off season. So for right now, your best bet is going to prospects.com and signing up via there. If not, if you're not in an eligible state, uh, then just, just stay tuned. Cause as soon as it goes live, you'll hear me plug it in all the videos. Don't worry. What was the take on Sky Moore? Take him early and often over Christian Watson. Sky Moore over Olave. No, I have Olave over Sky Moore. Sky is the limit. We love that. Did you fire Snacks? No, I did not fire Snacks. Um, here's the thing. We were we were pushing Fade the Public to become like a summer thing. That was going to kick off in the summer. Um, and then we were going to start making content around that, as we usually do. We just weren't going to force it in the offseason. Snacks also got a new full a real full-time job in south jersey so it's like kind of impossible for him to get up here during the week um so um so ftp will hopefully be back but we are working on another very very cool project that will likely be the best fantasy football league we've ever had and i think we're we're going to cover that in our weekly content So I don't know how long FTP is going to be up, to be completely honest with you. Noah's spreadsheet is going to be in the rookie draft guide. Um, At the moment, probably not. We've had some discussions about it. That will probably be um, maybe later in the summer we could pull it off. It really depends on the financials, man, because Noah does such good work, and he needs to be compensated accordingly, of course. However, we are on a very tight budget here at BDG with all the full-time guys in the office. Uh, I would love to bring Noah on full-time as a secondary content creator and, and, and be able to provide you guys exclusively with all the numbers and spreadsheets that he does. So I would imagine that will be a part of our future plan for sure. Love to bring him on full-time at the very moment right now, unfortunately would be great time for you guys to have that. We probably cannot, um, I don't know if we could offer that to be completely honest. On the clock right now, twelve-team superflex PPR Ritter or Willis. I would rather go another. Oh wait, I thought that said the one twelve. Uh, if you're okay, let let me ask you: If you're if you're into NFTs, if you're a stock guy, are you a trader? Are you a day trader? If I'm investing in one of these guys for the long term, it's Malik Willis for me. Desmond Ritter, I think, probably returns value to your team earlier than Willis because he likely steps on the field this year at some point, and then you could probably move him. I like Willis as a talent way more than I like Ritter. I like Ritter's situation more than I like Willis, so it kind of depends on how you're viewing this pick long term. If you have two years to sit on Willis, I would rather go with Willis. If you plan on whoever this is moving off of them, then I would – Probably go with Ritter. Nick, that Ocho Tequilo is a massive dub for the anniversary. Hell yeah. Yeah, we had a great Cinco. I, uh, we got we're fucking wasted here during that mock draft at like 1 p.m. Uh, went home, fell asleep, then went out for my homie's birthday, who was also uh, just born on Cinco de Mayo. So we celebrated, had pictures of Mars, and just a great all-around day. Yes, Lawrence, uh, if you guys do go through the prize Picks sign up, we will, as soon as the guide goes live, don't worry, you won't miss it. We will email you guys via the email that you signed up for via prize picks. You'll just have to, it'll see an email like, hey guys, you got access to the BDG draft guide. Here's the website to go to. Boom, you go there and you'll probably have to reset your password because we're not making passwords for you guys, obviously. But it'll, it'll all be laid out for you guys. I'm, I'm hoping we can get it live tonight or tomorrow morning. But we're probably going to email you guys out my rookie rankings tonight, though. It might just be on, like, a fucking Google Sheets because I don't know if the development of the website is ready. Uh, Do I need to send my prize picks info anywhere? Oh, yeah. So we've been reaching out to the people that won. Mike, can you do me a favor and um, DM the BDGE Twitter or Instagram at BDGE2 underscores and be like, this is the email I use to sign up for prize picks? Thanks for the mug, Nick. Yeah, Isaiah, you got more. They they shipped them out in in two different in a few different pieces, so you got more coming. Don't worry. I feel bad that you put in a purchase order for a product that was supposed to be down. Apologize. Do you like chicken cutlets? Of course we like chicken cutlets. What kind of fucked up question is that? Chicken cutlets, though, I, I, I got to tell you. Uh, cutlets, as well as burgers, this is going to be a hot take. The thicker they are, the worse they are. I believe Seth Rogen said this. If you don't like thin, thin, thin burgers, you're an asshole. The best burger joints, the ones that are like those fucking fire, greasy, double cheeseburgers with that, that like that orange ass sauce. Those ones are fucking phenomenal and they're always thin as shit. You want to press that motherfucker down. Right. And make them shits thin. Same with chicken cutlets, man. Thin burgers, yes, I'm telling you. Thin burgers are the move. Just stack a few of them on top. They taste way better. Cook in about 30 seconds. It's the move. Chicken cutlets, too. Like, sometimes the problem with chicken cutlets, if you try to make them too thick, most people don't know how to cook them. So they, like, fry the outside, and since they're thick, it takes a minute to get into the center of it. So you got a nice fried outside, but the inside is all fucked up. It's either too rubbery, you overcook it, or you undercook it. And I think most people fuck up chicken cutlets, but if you make them thin you will be straight. Yeah. Great show. Thank you, Mikey Diggs. Uh, at the 104, I'll have choice of top two wide receivers. Is that London and Wilson? Wilson is great, but Zach Wilson worries me. was tempted to go a lava there. Love a situation. I'll have choice of the top two. Yeah. So my uh we I, I talked about this a little bit earlier in the video. My 104 is, or my top wide receiver is Drake London. I would take London over Wilson. It's a it's a crowded situation there in New York. Um and and there's always the chance of 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 Zach Wilson just being terrible, right? And and I get I get that you can make the argument against Drake London saying that they have Mariota. That's you know that's just a, a literal like a band aid on a knife stab. We understand that we'll have a new quarterback by next year. The problem with Zach Wilson is like he's someone that was picked second overall. If he busts, the Jets will continue to try to make him a thing for like three to four years so you're stuck with that i think the chances of the falcon if the falcons get a very early pick next year you know bryce young stroud or whoever that quarterback uh anthony richardson i think out in florida a transfer that just transferred away from really strong quarterback class next year probably where the falcons end up the chances of those guys busting i think personally are small uh so i like his future more even though the immediate future looks uncrispy Definitely light meat, bro. I feel like every time it's dark meat, I end up biting into something that I'm like, that's not supposed to be in the middle of a chicken, man. Correct take on the thin burger cutlet. I don't know who you are, but I'm now a fan just like that. How? Do you, what are you doing in my live stream? You don't know who I am. How did you come across this? Had you come across this live stream? You don't know who I am. You don't know who I. Everybody in the world doesn't know who I am. Is that what you're telling me? Is that why no one ran up to me in the streets today and was like, "I love your shit, man." Is that what i Is that what I just learned right now? See, this is a fake narrative. The Chiefs are a better team, but they're crowded as well at wide receiver. They're not like if you're using the MVS argument, it's just not. It's just everything about that is bad. Like I question your upbringing. I get Juju's there, but like, what the fuck is Juju? He's not a separator. He's not an out an alpha. He's a guy who had a good year four years ago. He likes TikTok more than he likes fucking pay dirt. Man, to pay $10 and have your question misunderstood. Wait, (laughs) I'll go back to it. What did I say? Great show. Thanks. At 104, I'll have choice of top two wide receivers. Is that London and Garrett Wilson? Wilson? Oh, sorry. You're saying top two. Yes. Sorry. Uh, My top two wide receivers are London and Wilson. London over Wilson is my opinion, though. Thank you for saying that, Tyler. My reading comprehension is not very good. Barely know the difference between a verb and a noun. Joined an orphan team and a buddy recommended your channel. Wow. You need to find new friends. All right, y'all. Uh, Wow, we're almost at the hour mark. This is a fun stream. I enjoyed the stream a lot. Um, So if I can leave you with any parting words... Um, if I could leave you with any parting words, I would love for you guys to join the, the BDG discord. If you're looking to join a dynasty league for the first time, this is a place where people are ripping them off pretty often. Um, so that's a place you could do that as well as, you know, get into the access of these Q assaults for the rest of the summer link in the description link at the top of the chat. It'll only be open for six more fucking days as a content creator. Do you change your picks in a draft or on how you rank? Or is it more of a, like, I like him in his fit? I'm going to be honest. I'm confused about what your question is there. I don't know if my brain stopped working at this point or, um, or you wrote that incorrectly. Nothing I do as a content creator affects the way I play fantasy football. It's unfortunate because a lot of the guys that, so like my rookie drafts are tomorrow. There are plenty of dudes in my leagues that, Are in this chat So like there is no mystery Like you know who I'm taking You know who I like You know who I'm drafting And it fucking stinks It fucking stinks And I fucking hate you guys If I'm being honest Trade the 206 for Wayne Gallman Or take Spiller I'm wondering why you wrote Wayne Gallman twice in that question All right, I'm out. Thumbs up, subscribe, whatever motherfuckers do. Yeah! I would love to. Send me your Instagram, please.